Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The Genius Project seeks to resource and support Catholic women towards their own professional, personal and spiritual growth. We seek to do this through live virtual events, online courses and resources, and the Genius Project Masterclass for Catholic Women. Now, this masterclass has truly been a transformational experience for the many women that are currently going through it. We're over halfway through our first intake of the masterclass, and we have another group of women who are signed on to start towards the end of June. We have a couple of spaces left in that masterclass, so if this is something that you might be interested in, please send me an email at karen at geniusproject.co. The masterclass is a really wonderful experience for women to come together and really walk through a journey towards transformation and restoration across a whole lot of areas in their life. What I found and what I see in the lives of so many women is that too many women are living in survival mode. They're just living from a place of exhaustion and depletion and they lack the skills and the tools to actually make a change in their life. Sometimes it's easier just to keep going in overwhelm than it is to step back and make some fundamental changes that could actually see you flourishing in life. So if this is you, I wanna really encourage you, if the Holy Spirit is stirring something in your spirit, Head on over to the website www.geniusproject.co and check out the page on the masterclass. It would be such a joy and a gift to have you join us. We have an incredible group of women about to kick off at the end of June and this is truly going to be an amazing experience. So check it out. In today's episode of the Genius Podcast, we are going to take a look at the whole area of self-care. And I really think this is an area that so many women struggle in. And to be honest, it's one that I've struggled in. So I want to ask you, where do you sit with the whole self-care thing? Are you good at it or do you really struggle to prioritize yourself and invest in yourself, whether that's financially or just having a bath or just taking some time to do your face at the end of the day? Do you actually struggle to invest in yourself and to place yourself within your pyramid of priorities in your everyday life? And here's the thing, we have to live with godly order and the godly order for things is that God would be our number one priority. So it's God first, then it's actually us. Then it's our husband or our children, or if we're in religious life, our vocational community. And then after that, it's work. And so if we're not living this ordered life that goes God, ourselves, our vocation, and then our work, we find that we do end up living lives that are out of balance and out of order. And so this is really important. If we want to live lives of wholeness, then it's really important that we begin to integrate an element of self-care into our daily routines. Last podcast, we spoke about developing healthy routines that will see us flourish in life. And one of those healthy routines really needs to be around self-care and investment in ourselves so that we have something to give others. Because as my husband always tells me, you cannot give what you do not possess. So if you're not pouring into yourself, if you're not investing in yourself, and by this, 
We don't mean, you know, going all out, spending money that you don't have, taking time off that you can't afford to take off. What we're talking about is the small things done consistently. Because we know that it's the small daily habits that build up, done consistently, that actually make the difference. It's not the big grand things. It's the small things done consistently. So where are you at when it comes to self-care? And I think self-care is really a trendy buzzword in our culture at the moment. But self-care that we're talking about is much more than just getting your nails done or having a bath or binging on Netflix. And also self-care can mean different things to different people. So what one person feels is self-care simply might not feel like self-care to another person. So, for example, if you're a workaholic, then you might need to learn to relax and rest. But on the other hand, if you struggle in the area of motivation, then you might need to learn how to improve your self-care by easing yourself back into work and establishing more healthy habits and routines. So as we begin this podcast, I really invite you to think about what does self-care mean to you? What does it look like to you and and are you actually practicing it? So a secular definition of self-care really centers around well-being for the whole person and a commonly accepted definition of self-care is a multi-dimensional, multi-faceted process of purposeful engagement in strategies that promote healthy functioning and enhance well-being, which is quite a mouthful. But another definition that I like is that self-care actually refers to the activities that promote a person's emotional, physical and mental health. And while certainly self-care does encompass all these areas, as Catholics, we also believe it really involves attending to and a nurturing of your soul. So there's a lot of helpful material around on self-care. But as Christian women, we really want to come at this from a biblical position. So as we launch into looking at this, I'd like to share two key scriptures with you so that we are grounding our discussion on self-care in a biblical approach. The first scripture comes from Proverbs 4 verse 23 where it says to guard your heart above all things because out of it all the issues of life will flow. You see it's really important what we put into our heart, our soul and our mind matters because what we're feeding ourselves actually then is going to become the fruit that comes out in our lives. So what you put into your heart, how you treat your heart, how you nurture your heart and your soul really, really matters. And here's why. The second scripture is from 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20. And it says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you as a gift by God. You do not belong to yourself, but God bought you with a high price, so you must honour God with your body. Now, here's the thing, ladies. We are a unity of body and soul. In fact, our In fact, our church teaches that we need to understand this because it has powerful implications for how we engage with self-care. So let me flesh this out a little bit for you before we dive into what self-care is and how you can practice it. So the church teaches that the human body shares in the dignity of the image of God. And this is really important. The catechism goes on to say that it is a human body precisely because it is animated by a spiritual soul. 
and it is the whole human person that is intended to become in the body of Christ a temple of the Holy Spirit. So not only is self-care important because it preserves our physical, emotional and mental health, but importantly for Catholic women, it is important because it is also a reflection on how we value the image of God within us. Now, I want to say this again because this is profound. How we choose to care for ourselves. So how you choose to care for yourself That is a reflection on how you value the image of God that is within you. I want you to just sit with that for a moment. I I bet you've never considered self-care in the light of God's image within you and that it's actually a mandate that you care for yourselves and you nurture yourselves. So, so many women see self-care as indulgent or a luxury or that it's being selfish. But actually, when we read the catechism, when we read scripture, We actually understand this is a biblical mandate that we would care for and nurture our body and our soul because we are a unity of body and soul. So it's very, very powerful. So the church goes on to teach that for this reason, man and woman may not despise his or her bodily life, but rather he or she is obliged to regard his or her body as good and to hold it in honour since God has created it and will raise it up on the last day. So for you not to care for yourself is actually in some way a rejection of the gift of life and the body and soul that God has given to you. Now I say this not to burden you or add guilt to your life but to give you permission. And as we're going to explore this and talk about the barriers I think one of the main barriers women face when it comes to self-care is guilt. And as I said, they see it as self-indulgent. But what the Bible and the church are actually telling you, ladies, is that you have permission. Did you hear that? You not only have permission to look after yourself, but you are given a mandate to care for, nurture and love yourself. Now, Scripture says that we're to love others as we love ourselves. So ladies, we really need to invest in and grow in this area of self-care. Now, true self-care actually takes a lot of humility, discipline and patience. And it requires us to recognize our limitations, but also our innate dignity as daughters of God. And we're called to really treat ourselves with kindness and dignity and then to glorify God in how we do this. So let's take a closer look at what self-care is. And I think this is just a very, very powerful podcast and message for women because I really believe this is where women are coming up short in their lives. And it's a, it's a really important area that we need to invest in. So what is self-care? I mean, the short answer is it's the practice of ensuring our needs are met you know, across all these different areas of our life. But self-care is also about integrating into your everyday routine practices which nurture your well-being and lead you to living a life that is not only healthy, but whole. And this is the whole goal. As Catholic women, we're talking about living lives of wholeness in Christ. You see, he said, I have come that you would have life and you would have it to the full. And so Christ came for your freedom. He came to release you from the burdens and the guilt and all the things that you carry. And he wants you to step out and into his purpose, into his plan for your life. 
Now, Christ's heart for you and his purpose for you is that you would live a life of freedom, that you would live a life of wholeness. And this is really central to living a life of wholeness. This is actually what you're made for. It's what you're called to. And and this means tending to your body as well as your soul. Now, ladies, hear this, please, when I tell you that self-care is not an emergency response plan. (laughs) The challenges, stresses and demands of everyday life might not change, but you can change how you are interacting with them and the impact they have on you. And I think it can be really helpful to see self-care through the lens of like a deposit withdrawal model. You see, deposits are really anything which bring life, peace and restoration. And they're things that connect us to God, they connect us to ourselves and they help us to live a more grounded and a whole life. So when we're talking about deposits for self-care, we're looking at things such as good food, hydration, sleep, rest, time to really explore your gifts and do things which bring you joy. It's also about setting good boundaries with people, reading scripture and cultivating an interior life of prayer. Now, withdrawals are the exact opposite. These are things which take us away from our sense of self and they leave us ultimately feeling depleted. These things look like demands, not listening to our needs, minimizing our desires, and they're really anything which sucks life from you, such as overeating, too much drink, too much sugar, too much caffeine, staying up too late, the negative chatter and self-talk that goes on in our head. Now, we actually have enormous power over the negative talk that goes on in our minds and our mindset. And this is really something that we unpack in the masterclass. In fact, we spend an entire module on mindset training, how you can actually shift your thoughts because all of the outcomes in your life can be traced back to a single thought. And your thoughts are nothing more than a single sentence in your brain. And so if you can retrain that sentence and shift to focus and create out new neural pathways for your mind, well, you can actually change a lot in your life. And so one of the big mindsets that we need to address is around this area of giving ourselves permission to self-care. So withdrawals in the self-care model look like allowing that negative self-talk. Withdrawals are also things like, you know, getting into the hustle and over-functioning, being on our phones too much, isolating, withdrawing from friends, and just constantly saying yes to everyone and everything without thinking about the impact that it will have. So self-care, ladies, is really important. And this is a key message that I, or an anchor message I want you to take away with you, that self-care is essential. It's not indulgence. It's actually essential to living a life of wholeness in Christ. So if it is this essential, how come not more women are doing it? Well, this is because we have a lot of mindset barriers which hold us back and really misinform us around giving ourselves permission and understanding what self-care is. And so this is something I want to deep dive into for a moment. I think having worked with so many men and women over the years, I actually do find that it's particularly women who have these barriers in the area of self-care. Now, I know that sounds like a generalization, but really it is my experience that it is women who really struggle the most. And as I said, these barriers all come down to mindset. And I thought it might be helpful to just unpack a couple of these barriers, these mindset barriers, which women face. So I'm going to give you a few. Number one, the first mindset barrier is women actually lack motivation for self-care. 
There are actually some women who really struggle to get motivated and make a change. But I want to ask you this question. What is it actually costing you not to make this change? What is it costing you to stay stuck in the same patterns, the same depletion, the same burnout, the same irritability, the same resentment? What is that actually costing you in terms of your health, your happiness, but the quality and the depth of your relationships, perhaps with your husband, your children, your work colleagues, and your friends? So a lot of women do struggle around this motivation for self-care, but I think if we can flip this around and say to women, what is it costing you not to do this? Then I think that actually often serves as a motivation to get started. So another barrier, that second barrier that women face, I believe, is around this area of guilt. So many women feel guilty about spending money or time taking care of themselves. I remember I struggled with this a number of years ago after my youngest daughter was born. I, I'm not a real gym person. I don't particularly like gyms. Put me in a pool and I'll swim laps all day, but not the gym. But anyway, I, I needed to go to the gym because I needed to strengthen my back and my core. And I just kept putting it off. So I was a real sucker for this too. And then my husband finally said to me, Karen, it's actually really selfish of you not to commit to this. And I was feeling guilty because I didn't want to spend the money. And he said, you actually need to do this because by not doing it, it was costing me my energy, my health, my sleep, all of those things which I actually needed to to have in my life, to give to my family from an abundant place. So I think we really have to get over ourselves and get out of our own way, ladies, when it comes to self-care. And we have to get over this guilt because you are actually worthy of investing in. And so feeling guilty about investing in yourself actually points to a lack of worthiness, that you don't feel that you are worthy of the investment when in fact you actually are. So we've got to get out of our own way and we have to get over this guilt. Now, I think there's a fine line here. I mean, people who just go off and and spend and indulge in themselves in an unrestrained way, that is not what we're talking about here. It needs to be done in a way that's rightly ordered towards God and our vocation, obviously. But guilt is a big one and it's one that we really need to start challenging. We need to look at what are the mindsets behind this guilt? Like what are the thoughts that are stopping us? And I think if we can trace that back to the root cause, what is the thought? Like what is the root there in terms of guilt? And what are the message that, messages that we internalize growing up about our worthiness and and what we're actually entitled to? I think that holds a key in terms of getting over this guilt. So a third barrier is around this idea that women also lack awareness of their own needs. Now, all of us have graduated from school with a portfolio of, but perhaps the most important skill that we need to navigate life successfully is emotional intelligence. But unfortunately, this is a skill that many of us are simply not taught. We go into adult life simply not understanding how to navigate our own emotions. And part of understanding self-care is also around helping you understand and exploring and identifying your needs and your feelings. And this is a very crucial skill for living a life of wholeness. And we might unpack that in another class. But I think it's really about tapping into what do you need? 
Now, I think so many women, I know I've been guilty of this, we had three kids in three years and I was just on autopilot, survival autopilot for years and just a fog of sleep deprivation and I think I just became totally disconnected from what my heart needs to be nurtured, like to be brought back to life again. So overcoming this barrier and this this obstacle to practicing self-care really involves a mindful and an intentional evaluation of our feelings, trying to just be aware of how we feel during a single day and then stepping back and saying, okay, what do I need? What do I need to nurture myself in this particular situation and, and this circumstance? Okay, so the fourth mindset barrier, which I think is a big one as well, I think in fact all of these are big ones for women, is that many women are caught in the trap of thinking that self-care is a sign of weakness or a luxury or self-indulgent or even selfish. But here's the newsflash, ladies. Self-care is not a luxury. It is an absolute essential and it is certainly not a sign of weakness. I mean, God created us in his image. And if the creator of the entire universe needed to draw aside and invest and rest, then it follows that we do too. And in fact, taking care of yourself actually equals taking care of others. The more sensitivity and empathy that you can show to yourself and your soul, your body, then the more sensitivity and empathy you'll be able to show towards others. So let's clear that one up right now, ladies. Self-care is not a luxury. It's an essential. The fifth barrier that women face is that a lot of them are constantly putting everybody else's needs first. Often women don't even get on their own to-do list. And unfortunately, self-care for many women is often associated with selfishness. And there's this age-old, outdated perception that taking care of your needs first equals being self-centered. But you know what? As women, and you know it, ladies, you know what this feels like. We are pulled in a trillion different directions in any given day, let alone hour. I tell you, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. every morning in my house, I feel like I've been put through the washer, just getting the lunches done and kids out the door. So we are pulled in a million directions. And quite often, women fall into the trap of finding their value, even their identity, as being the caregiver. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't care for others because that is part of our mandate as Christians. And this generosity of spirit is one of the very beautiful qualities of the feminine genius. But as you've heard me say before, like anything, there is a redeemed and an unredeemed side. And the unredeemed side of our generous nature is that we can fall into the trap of endlessly giving, 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 giving and neglecting ourselves in the process. Or caring for others with absolutely no regard for our own needs, desires and wants. And the godly order for prioritizing ourselves is that we put our relationship with God first, then ourselves, then others. I think the trap for women here is when they fall into this idea of thinking that they are being sacrificial by perpetually serving, but they're actually not living lives of godly order. So here's the thing, ladies, neglecting and ignoring your needs is not noble. And please hear me say this, it is not a badge that you should wear proudly. Putting everything and everyone above your own physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health is a sign of martyrdom, low self-esteem, it's not selflessness, 
And this is a this is a truth bomb that's really really difficult to hear because I think for so many women we are socially conditioned from a young age to put other people's needs before our own. So being the martyr ladies is not dignified or heroic. It's actually toxic and dysfunctional behavior that makes you miserable and resentful and also that has a knock-on effect to those people in close relationship to you. So these are deceptions. These are the lies I think that the enemy wants to tell us. They actually keep us from being who God's created us to be. And I think the enemy loves to keep us contained and he loves to keep us contained in these lies that we are meant to be perpetually giving without regard to ourselves. But when in actual fact, what the Bible is telling us, what the catechism tells us is that we have to look after ourselves before we can give to others because we cannot give from an empty cup. So ladies, you've got permission, go out there and look after yourself. All right. So the sixth mindset barrier is that a lot of women actually see self-care as a waste of time or that they simply feel it takes too much time away from all the other essential tasks that they have to do. But if you're the kind of woman that says, I'm too busy, I have too much on my plate, I'm inundated with work, I don't have time to do self-care, well, you're the one that actually really needs to practice self-care. And I'm preaching to myself here, ladies. I'm certainly not immune from all of these barriers. Um, But I do feel that when we become and we start to live intentionally, when we start to live lives of wholeness, we actually realize the importance and the value of putting a lot of this stuff into practice. So this is really important. The truth is, when you don't take time to fill your cup, you don't have anything to, to give. And this does lead to depletion and burnout. And so when you attend to your needs, then your capacity to give actually becomes greater. So ladies, we find time for the things that matter. We find time to check our phone and check Instagram and do the groceries. Let's start finding time for some self-care. Only has to be a little bit, all right? And look, I think the final, the seventh barrier, the final barrier behind a lot of these ones that I've just mentioned, and I think I touched on this earlier, is simply that women do not feel that they are worthy of self-care. And this is a real challenge for so many women because it's ingrained below the level of conscious awareness. And this idea of worthiness and our self-worth was really formed before the age of seven or ten. And and really it happened before we were even aware of those messages that were coming into our heart. And so often how women are showing up for themselves in this area of self-care is directly linked to their self-worth. Quite often women aren't prioritizing self-care because they don't feel that they are valuable enough to invest in. And so women are happy to fling themselves all over the place, responding to everybody else's needs and demands, but they don't regard their own. And this all comes back to self-worth. And so this is a really important area to dive into, and it's something that we really unpack in great detail in the Masterclass for Catholic Women, is looking at our self-worth, looking at where this was formed, what our story is, what were the internal messages that we received from a young age that now have become outdated scripts that we're still living by in adulthood. And the good news is that you don't have to keep living that way. If you can practice mindfulness and intentional living, 
and and doing this under the gaze of the Holy Spirit, then it is actually possible to rewire these things in our brain. You know, brain science tells us our brains are actually plastic, that we can mold them and shape them and create new neural pathways. And I tell you what, that gives me a lot of hope. So there's a lot of hope for us ladies in overcoming these barriers. And I really hope and pray that you can come before the Lord and just ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to shed light on the barriers that are holding you back from really nurturing yourself and honoring the image of God that is within you in this area of self-care. So I just want to touch on as we finish up, how do we actually do self-care? Because I know when I started, I was like, well, what do I do? Like, I don't even know what to do for self-care. So it really comes down to looking at what it is that brings your spirit joy, what it is that brings your spirit life, and then planning. There is a great quote that says, failing to plan is actually planning to fail. So when you engage on this pursuit of self-care, you need a plan, ladies, because you're not going to get to the final destination without it. So so I want to ask you a question for a moment. Do you actually believe that you are worthy of care? Do you believe that you are worthy of this care, this deep care that nurtures your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit? Now, I'll be really honest with you. This has been an area of real growth in my own life. And ultimately, it's been a journey of love and coming to know my belovedness as God's beloved daughter. And to begin with, I thought I was just needing, you know, a little tweak here and there in this area of self-care. But my journey over many years has been coming to this deep abiding awareness of God's love for me. And then receiving, I guess, his gaze of love, the way he sees me and values me, and to receive that as a gift. And coming to encounter this deep, profound love for me, not because of what I'm doing, but simply because he created me. And this revelation alone has grounded me in a very profound way, and it actually reorders everything else in my life. And I really pray that that would be the same for you. But the thing with this journey, ladies, is that it needs time. You need prayer. You need to cultivate an interior life of prayer where you can hear the Holy Spirit revealing these areas, these wounds, these barriers to you, and then being open to the Holy Spirit leading you on a path of restoration. So I hope and pray that you can begin that journey because it is incredibly powerful and it just has a huge knock-on effect for everybody in your life. So ladies, as we wrap up this podcast, I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts around how you actually do self-care because for some people, this is not a strong suit. This was certainly me. And so I'm just going to walk you through some basics and then I'm going to really encourage you to get off this podcast and then go and do something for yourself. And I think the key when it comes to how we do self-care is in the planning. So there is a great quote that says, failing to plan is actually planning to fail. And this can be applied to self-care. You actually have to plan for it. You have to schedule it. You have to make it one of your priorities. And in the last podcast, we looked at building out healthy routines that will see us flourish in life. Well, self-care is something that really needs to be integrated into those routines. So establishing a healthy morning and evening routine can actually be seen as a form of self-care. So when you're planning out your next week's routine, I want you to schedule some 
kind of daily self-care. As women, we really need to be taking better care of ourselves and we don't want to start looking after ourselves once we get to breaking point. We need to come back stream a little bit and somehow get better at weaving these habits of self-care into our daily lives. And this becomes especially important when we've got a lot going on in our life. Because it's the healthy self-care habits which are going to carry you through the difficult times. So there, there are no hard and fast formula rules for self-care. Ultimately, self-care is just about identifying those activities and practices which are life-giving and which recharge your batteries. So as I said before, what one person considers self-care, another person may not. So I want you to have a think for a moment across five different domains of your life, the areas or the activities and behaviours which you would find recharging. So the different domains are the physical, social, mental, spiritual and emotional domains. So in the physical domain, you know, if you want your body to sustain you, then you're going to need to treat it with kindness. Now, there's a strong connection between the mind and the body. So when you care for your body, it has a positive impact on your mindset and and how you feel about the world. So let's start with, are you getting enough sleep? Are you fueling your body well through good food and nutrition? Are you taking charge of your health and getting enough exercise and sunshine? These are ways in which you can care for yourself in this physical domain. Then what about the social domain? Often when we are in a state of depletion, we tend to withdraw from social connection and meaningful relationships. Now, this is just part of our survival mechanism to conserve energy. But contrary to what we think, Connection is actually key to self-care. So are you getting enough face-to-face time with your friends? What are you doing to nurture your relationships with those key people, friends and family? This is actually really, really important. Then there's the mental domain. So your mindset and the internal dialogue you listen to are going to have a huge impact on your well-being. We've talked about this earlier in the podcast, but this is a big one. And this is a big one in terms of self-care and practicing self-compassion and acceptance and seeing ourselves as God sees us really involves having our minds renewed with the truth of who and whose you are. Then there's the spiritual domain. You know, there's a big research link between people who practice their faith and spirituality and actually positive health outcomes. So it's your spirituality which brings a deeper sense of meaning and purpose to your life. So how are you investing in this domain? And then finally, the emotional domain. Now, this involves being able to deal in a constructive way with your emotions and your feelings. So do you have healthy ways to process your emotions? Do you incorporate activities into your life that help you feel recharged and just boost those endorphins? Do you have healthy ways of managing stress and keeping on top of work? I think sometimes seeing our lives and self-care across these different domains can be a really great starting point to helping us to develop our own self-care plan, to look at these domains and say, okay, which domain am I lacking in? Which area do I really need to invest in and give some attention and some nurture to? So I want you to think about for a moment, when you get off this podcast, I want you to have a think about your own self-care plan because having a plan will help you stay the course. You'll find it far easier to stick to your plan and develop this habit if you plan for it. So this is really, really important. I know actually a, a number of 
actually it was last year, come to think of it, I was talking to the beautiful Therese Nichols and she said to me, uh, write a list of 100 things that nurture your soul, that nurture you, that you really just give you life and that will make you feel good. And so she said, go away and write a list of 100 things and then once a day do one of those. And you know what I did? It was fantastic. But there were really basic things like buy a new hand cream, um, go for a walk in the sun, have a bubble bath on a Friday. You know, there were all these different things because last year I think I've shared on other podcasts we had a very tough year. And she was she's such a beautiful friend and she was just listening to me and just offering some ideas on how I could integrate this during that season of life. And it was fabulous. So I want to share that advice, courtesy of Trace Nichols, with all of you today and suggest you write your 100 things list down. So write 100 things that really nurture you. And they don't have to be big. Like I said, it can be as simple as buying a hand cream or buying an orange juice and walking in the park. So and then commit to doing one of those a day. So they say that it takes three weeks to build a consistent habit. So start with that and uh, see how you go. So the other thing that you can do is share your self-care plan with a friend and ask your friend to keep you accountable. And I think this is actually a really good idea because sometimes we can fall off the wagon when life happens, but if we've got someone cheering us on, we're more likely to stay the course. So ladies, I think, I hope that that is helpful in this area of self-care. And I just really want to encourage you to draw a line in the sand today, a line in the sand of your life, and to say this has got to end. This this lack of self-care, the lack of worthiness, it's actually not okay. And we are not allowed to keep living this way. So I want you to hear that not only from me, but I really believe that the Lord is wanting to say that to you. And I really think that the key to growing in this area is to connect with your value and your worthiness as a daughter, the beloved daughter created in God's image and likeness, and then to realize that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, body and soul, and that God's Spirit dwells within you. All right, so let's do this, ladies. Let's start taking better care of ourselves because when we do, we actually will have so much more to give. So look, if you would like to go deeper with some of this content or find out more about the Catholic Women's Masterclass, please visit the website www.geniusproject.co and check out the whole lot of resources, online courses and the masterclass that we have on there to serve Catholic women in this area of growth, formation and transformation in Christ. So until next week, have a beautiful week and God bless you.